And we're back here this Tuesday, late afternoon, early evening with our last corporate update of the day. Happy to be welcome in District Metals and the CEO of the company, Mr. Garrett Ainsworth. Uh, Garrett, uh, really important news hit the wire early this morning. The first three holes from your highly prospective Tom Tebow project in Sweden, which is in the Bergeslagen Mining District in South Central Sweden. Uh, These results came back and there was a lot of people highly anticipated. You said it would be late May. Here we are late May and you delivered. So congratulations. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess I should also be uh, be thanking the labs that were guiding us towards four to six weeks, which is, um, you know, not a common occurrence in other parts of the world. So that that's been very, very helpful. Uh, this probably is about the uh, 12th interview or the like that you have done today. I know you've been a busy guy, uh, but really, you know, give us a sense of what this day was like. What were some of the, uh, you know, the overall general themes people had for you based on the results hitting the wire and finally getting uh, early drill results here from Tom Tebow? Well, I mean, I guess, yeah, first off, it's been a really fun day because when you've got great, uh, you know, high grade polymetallic results like this, it, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun to talk about. And it's something, you know, we've, since we acquired the project last uh, July in 2020, um, you know, we've been lining ourselves up to get to this point and now we're here. And this is really just the starting point because it's three holes out of a 20 hole program, 5,000 meters. But, uh, you know, the results in the, in the, in the first three holes really, uh, exceeded my expectations and they've got our technical advisor, um, Rodney Allen, who's, you know, a Bergslag an expert. He's absolutely, um, you know, very enthusiastic about what he's seeing. He's identified two different styles of mineralization, uh, and one of them in hole one, where there's 8.2 meters of about uh, 21% zinc equivalent or about 810 uh, grams per ton silver equivalent is like classic VMS style mineralization, which is what you see um, up at the historic Falloon mine, 25 kilometers to the Northwest. And holes two and three, which were drilled about 175 meters to the Northeast of the, of the first hole, hit a style of mineralization that's associated with VMS, but it's, um, it's SCARN where, where the fluids have hit a limestone and created an impermeable barrier where they, they track along this uh, lithology and drop out the metals. And that is what you find at Garpenberg. So it's very exciting that we've got both styles of mineralization uh, located uh, in the first three holes already, showing very high grades and very precious, very high precious metal content as well. Yeah, I was going to ask you, out of those two styles of mineralization you discovered through this drilling, these three holes, which one was being found at Garvenberg? <laughs> and how is this other mineralization new to the area? Uh, yeah, so yeah, holes two and three are the ones that uh, that hit the mineralization style um, that are associated with Garvenberg. Um, you know, there's no available drill core from, from the Oscars Grooven, even though there was historical drilling. So there's no way we couldn't go back to the drill core and, and look and see, you know, what was there. So by getting it out of the ground and actually seeing it, uh, and, and, you know, Rodney, he's, he, he's been, he was working at Garfenberg since the 1990s. Uh, and he's, he, you know, took Garfenberg from near closure, uh, to being a tier one asset. So, I mean, he identified it right off the hop and was, was very excited about it. Yeah, he wrote uh, in the news release th- this morning and it was published, it said, this drill hole provides the critical information 
that confirms the nature of the targets in the Tontiba area, which in turn enables us to interpret where new undiscovered polymetallic lenses most likely occur. Uh, so very significant. So beyond just the metal, the, the metal results here, the assay results from these three dural holes, uh, what kind of, you know, what kind of story did, did these three drill holes really open up? I mean, what is next from here? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, I mean, hole one, it's uh, with the classic VMS style mineralization, it's uh, it's open uh, at depth and along strike. So, I mean, some of our, our follow-up drilling is uh, has already been done below uh, down dip and, and along strike from there. Um, but one of the great things about this classic VMS styles is it's, it's not – it's not often a singular occurrence. Uh, these occur in clusters. So, I mean, the potential for us to find other uh, high-grade pods uh, along the lithology contact of interest is very, very high. And, I mean, in, in a similar sense, holes two and three, uh, where you get this limestone that's being scarned and associated mineralization, these are very high tonnage targets that, um, I mean, at Garpenberg, there's been 54 million tons mined, and it's very high grade in, in silver. So um, this is again is wide open at depth and along strike. Um, we've already done some initial downhole EM surveys, so we'll be able to report uh, on those once we get the final final reports in. But that's a that's a pretty breakthrough technology that we used at Garpenberg and was a big part of identifying conductive bodies that were off hole from the drilling that you know, gave them good justification to, to keep drilling and uh, led to some blind discoveries. You know, I, we interviewed uh, Gilbert Clark earlier today from Meridian Mining, and he talked extensively about the use of borehole electromagnetic surveying and how basically they're going to use that data and they're going to continue to explore until the data tells them, you know, it's not worth it. Uh, is that kind of the same approach with your boreholes, borehole uh, EM survey here. I mean, do, will you continue to use that tool and continue to go until basically the data says it's risky to continue to move on? Uh, yes and no. So it, I mean, it's very effective in finding obviously conductive sulfides, but uh, with the mineralization at Garpenberg, it's not. Uh, there, there's a zinc sulfide that's not conductive and. You know, the way that the mineralized these sulfides transition, they'll go more um, silver, silver lead zinc uh, or silver, silver lead rich with zinc. And then sometimes they'll just go, you know, straight zinc rich and they'll be very low galeno uh, and, and associated um, silver. So, I mean, even if you don't come up with a, uh, a good EM conductor that's off hole, it's not the end of the world because zinc isn't conductive. If you're still seeing strong alteration and and you know elevated uh, pathfinder elements or even elevated you know economic uh, metals of interest, then that that is enough to keep going. So it's it's not you never rely on just one technique like being geophysics. It's the whole package. So we're using you know obviously visual logging to check out structure alteration. And then we're using geochemistry, whole rock analysis will tell us exactly where we are in the lithology package. And, you know, knowing where you are in the lithology is absolutely crucial in order to keep testing until um, until there's nothing left to test. But the final, you know, piece is, is that geophysics is quite nice to have as well. Just a friendly reminder to myself and all the listeners out there that 
every deposit is a little bit different and almost every VMS deposit can be a little bit different too, can it? Absolutely. Then the ones, uh, the VMS deposits in the Bergslagen are very different. I mean, for instance, most VMS deposits don't have limestones uh, associated with them. Normally it's more black, black shales with graphite. But I mean, in that sense, it makes exploration easier at Tom Tebow when we don't have conductive graphite uh, that can cause a false, uh, a false positive conductive anomaly. Oh, okay. Very good. Um, you know, one of the things, uh, a couple of takeaways and follow-up questions I had for you, Garrett, is, um, you know, I, we did read out this morning in the morning briefing, we read out these results, the, 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 the wider intervals here from all three holes, um, you know, there was a lot of mineralization and grades to report. And so I've just wanted, without going in and relaying all those results, I just wanted, was curious, uh, because a naive question here is, why was there not a, like an equivalent uh, result that was put, like a zinc equivalent or maybe even a silver equivalent? Yes. Um, so there's there's really two reasons. The most, and, and actually the most important one, is, uh, you know, the regulators actually don't like to see um, metal equivalences used, and uh, they especially don't like it when you use 100% metallurgical recovery. So at Garpenberg, for instance, the average recovery would be 85%. Um, so if if we reported say a thousand grams per ton silver equivalent, then we would, you know, using the metallurgical recovery, we would, you know, only be allowed to report 850 grams per ton silver equivalent. So. I mean, it's it's not really fair. Most people do uh, report 100% uh, metallurgical recovery, but uh, I'd rather not have to, you know, write a clarification news release um, and get my hand slapped for it. So, and then uh, and then another thing, Trevor, is that I mean, you have zones at Tom Tebow that are more silver rich. There, some are more zinc rich, and then there's some that are more copper rich. So we would constantly be flip-flopping between those three equivalencies and that can get kind of confusing in its own right. Okay. So you going forward, any drill result you think are going to be uh, kind of broken up and by, by each metal found? Uh, yes. I think that, that's okay. probably the, the way to do it. Yes. Okay. Okay. Very good. Uh, the other thing that really kind of grabbed my attention here and you had, you had kind of slightly mentioned it a few minutes ago, but obviously uh, really good zinc grades in the first hole, uh, but in the hole two and three, the precious metals here really soared in these results. And I was wondering if you can open that up a little bit for the listeners. And and because it, it sounds like maybe you were even surprised a little bit by the the grades of the precious metals here. And what what does this mean going forward for Tom Tebow? Yeah. So I mean, I guess first off, I should start off with a lot of the historical drilling. Uh, they only assayed for base metals. So we didn't really know what we were getting into with the precious metal content. We hoped that it was good, and we knew that from some of the dump pile assays that we're taking that there was quite strong gold and uh, and silver numbers. But, I mean, actually getting that in drill core at depth is very exciting. And it makes sense, though, because at Garpenberg, you know, almost 50% of the revenue from 2020 that, that came from mostly silver and, and a little bit of gold. I'm still coming, coming to grips as to, you know, metal ratios and whatnot. I, I you know, on the first three holes, I cannot uh, tell you, you know, when you have higher lead, you should have higher silver because that's actually not the case when you look at hole, uh, hole one compared to holes two and three. 
but uh, I mean, once we get more data, we'll be able to find the ratios out, and it'll it'll make uh, more sense on that front. Okay. Uh, first three holes are out. What I'm assuming more news from ASA results will continue to trickle down from district. What else should we be paying attention to? Yeah. So I mean, after drilling uh, holes two and three at Oscar's Groove, and we drilled one more hole uh, at that zone, and then the rig moved over to Steffenberg's. So the next drill, uh, or sorry, the next news release will be about uh, you know one hole at Oscar's Groove, and then and then there'll be quite a few at Steffenberg's. I'm not exactly sure how we're going to batch that out, but we'll do it in a in a way that <clears throat> provides the most context uh, possible. Um, and then we'll, I mean, apart from you know future assays, we'll also have a news release out on the downhole EM surveys that have been uh, ongoing on our on our drill holes. So th- those will be really exciting to put out. Uh, also in conjunction, you know, with the gravity data that we have, the mag data, it all comes together, and, and that'll set us up beautifully for for our uh, phase two drill program starting in September October of this year. Uh, Garrett, on a personal note, if I may ask, uh, holistically looking back up to this point, uh, it's been uh, a year or two in the making here to get to these first couple drill holes. You were able to get the Tom Tebow project, uh, create district metals, uh, form this company, do a bunch of early exploration work with a great team. You know, really looking back, and you know, what what's the significance of this moment for you as the head of this company? Yeah, I, I mean, today's a really a landmark day for me because I I initially started looking at Tom Tebow in, in late 2019. Um, we signed the you know definitive uh, agreement with EMX Royalty in uh, February uh, of 2020, right before COVID uh, really kind of settled in. And we finalized uh, the property acquisition in July. And so, you know, we've, we've been doing all the basic exploration work leading up to this and been communicating historical results and, and in conjunction with the recent uh, exploration data that we've obtained through airborne surveys and ground surveys. So to me, it is an, a very exciting and gratifying day. And I, I couldn't be happier with the results that we're presenting to, you know, our very patient and, and loyal uh, shareholders. Uh, some of us were not always all that patient, but I, I do hope you accept my apologies. <laughs> all right. Uh, we look forward to having you back on again. Uh, best luck with the the other assays that should be coming down, hitting the wire here in the coming weeks. Um, but, but I'll give you the last word here, uh, Garrett. What do you want shareholders to know? Uh, just know that, you know, the work that we're doing, it's, uh, it's all setting us up for, for future success and, uh, it's, you know, we're doing every bit of uh, background work that we need to do in terms of, uh, you know, downhole EM surveys, um, whole rock geochemistry. And this program is, is exciting, but it's also going to set us up for, you know, taking much larger step outs and, and really going for the, for the Hail Mary. And we'll also be targeting some of the regional targets like that, uh, uh, that gravity target that's located a kilometer to the northeast of the Tom Tebow mine. So it's, uh, it's all a process and, and uh, so far it's going very, very well. Uh, Garrett, I appreciate you spending a part of your very busy day today with us in Mining Stock Daily. That was a pleasure. Thanks very much, Trevor. That's Garrett Ainsworth, CEO of District Metals. Again, they trade on the TSX Venture with the symbol DMX. 
The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decision.